0: Welcome to the Basketball Champions League Coast-to-Coast podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I am David Hein, flying it solo this time around. Uh, not too much going on, uh, so just going to kind of present. Uh, just let you know what's up on the website, and uh, and then uh, we'll let you listen to the interview of the week we have. We've uh, had a chat with Devon Akun Purcell from Tofas Bursa. Uh, I had a nice uh, conversation with him about his uh, journey to to the um, uh, to the Basketball Champions League and how it started, and uh, talked a little bit of uh, Trinidad culture as well and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. And uh, so, before we get to that, uh, just to let you know uh, a couple of things that are up on the website. There's a, a piece on the Lenovo Tenerife. Um, uh, offense stats don't lie. Going in depth into their offense, there's a piece uh, looking at the top contenders for the best young player. Uh, go on there, check out and see who the top top young players are, and uh, the case for each of those players is made. Um, there's also a a piece about Tofas Bursa, so double Tofas Bursa this week. Uh, piece on Tofas Bursas. Uh, transition game, both offensively and defensively. and uh, Probably the biggest news from a Basketball Champions League standpoint is that actually defending uh, BCL champions Heredia San Pablo Burgos is now the FIBA Intercontinental Cup champion. Uh, They defeated the Argentinian team, Quisma, um, in the FIBA Intercontinental Cup final, 82-73. Uh, that was in Buenos Aires. Uh, Victor Benite uh, taken home MVP honors on that. Built a big lead, and Quisma tried to come back, uh, but the uh, Spanish uh, have to say getting their power. Um, you look and see what they're doing in this competition. They won it last season. They're you know one of the title contenders now. They're in the. Uh, Copa del Rey Spanish Cup, uh, playing well in the in the Spanish League, um, and, uh, and I'll take on this trophy exactly five months after knocking off Ike Athens in the Basketball Champions League final. Uh, so congratulations to the entire uh, Heredia San Pablo Burgos organization uh, and their fans, Um uh, I, I imagine that this is uh, as wonderful of a time this is, uh, seeing all of the success of their club. Those fans really have to be dying right now, not being able to just so exuberantly celebrating their club's success. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, something tells me that that they're probably doing a couple of uh, of, uh, of celebrations behind the behind closed doors. Uh, and, and rightfully so, uh, just, you know, thinking about how, uh, and there's also sort of a, another story about how this is really a, a Hollywood type storyline, what's going on with San Pablo Burgos. So, uh, congrats to that organization. Uh, so let's get to the, let's get to the interview again talk to, uh, Devon Akun Purcell, uh, from Tova's Bursa. So here's that talk and we'll catch you on the other side. All right, so on the show this week, we have Devon akun Purcell from TOFA's Bursas. Uh, Devon, thanks for coming on and taking some time. Thanks
1: for having me.
0: Uh, first off, I guess congratulations on on reaching the playoffs. Uh, maybe what do you think about achieving probably the first goal that you guys really had for, for this season?
1: Well, thank you, um, first, um, but I would say that was a big time accomplishment for us, but, um, it's only the beginning. Um, it's also big for me because I played in champions league a few years back and wasn't able to make the playoffs that year. So it was kind of a big, kind of a personal thing for me. Um, I, I feel really good about it and look forward to great things moving forward. Um, and as a team, we're all happy about it, but know that, um, this, that is
0: the end of what we're trying to do so yeah you uh played with the uh, bears which is a which is a uh one of the fun favored teams uh for uh, uh from this from the BCL uh media and everything else group and so uh, we'll talk uh, we'll talk some more about them later on um let let's let's jump into the into your into your guys regular season you started off uh one and two in the BCL uh, and the two losses were both home losses, uh, by th- three points to Nimbrick and, and then to uh, six points to Dijon. Um, both of those games actually went to overtime. Um, maybe how did the, f- how did the team feel after that, after the, that, uh, that, that, uh, first three games, you know, knowing that, um, you know, especially you had come back from a big deficit, uh, against Nimbrick and, um, and we're, we're able to uh to get the to, to get the victory. Um uh we're able to, to send it to overtime and, and, and you know play play tough against that good team and then obviously, you know, playing against a, a team that uh, you know is so dangerous like Dijon, maybe just um uh how, how did the team f- sort of feel after those first three games? Uh you know, at least it wasn't um, you know, big Big point differential losses that you had to, to, to deal with later. Maybe just sort of the, the team's mind frame at that point.
1: I would say that when we got down um, two one, we were never really hard on ourselves, and we kind of always believed that um, we should advance out of that group. Um, we had a lot of things going on um, in our in our club where players were getting changed, and we had a coach situation where our, our first coach left so it was like we was trying to get our chemistry and get a um figure out our identity we knew we had the pieces and whatnot but we were trying to figure out identity and what kind of team we are and I feel like after playing those last three games um it definitely gave us more confidence moving forward and kind of gave us um a picture of like what we're capable of so I think moving forward, if we if we keep keep that same energy, play with that same style defensively, and get out and have fun in transition, I mean, I think we'll be a really tough team to beat um, moving forward.
0: Let's jump to that that fifth game of the group that was um, at Dijon, and and you guys jumped on them right away. It was a twenty nine to 10 first quarter. And you guys ended up winning by twenty nine. Uh maybe maybe what do you what do you think was the main key to that game and uh that really worked in your guys' favor?
1: Um, it, it was just defensively. Um I feel like we were all on the same page, rotating, making extra effort plays, diving on loose balls, helping helping each other if one gets beat. Um, and it just led to like easy baskets for us in transition and we were making open shots that night, so mm-hmm. It was uh, once we got ahead like that, it was kind of tough for them to get back into the game. So we 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 kept kept um, playing playing that way the entire game. and Didn't care what whatever they did. We just kept sticking to what we what we were doing, and it turned out really well for us.
0: And then there was the big game against Nimbrook I mean, you guys had your you know your fate in your own hands. You knew your win you win and you're in. Um, you know that. That game, watching that game, it had a feeling of of a BCL, you know, like a semifinal, you know, quarterfinal, semifinal, maybe even final, you know, with you know with two really uh, extremely good teams. Um, you know what? What? How? How do you kind of look back on on that game?
1: One, I'll say that game was very fun. Um, mm-hmm. One thing about that game, um, there were moments that you can tell early on in the season, if they would have made the run that they were making and making the shots that they were making, we would have got down on ourselves. Mm-hmm. But like I said before, like we began to figure out our, our identity and when they when they made their runs, like we, we stuck to what we do every day and and kept playing our style of basketball and just believed. Um, I feel like I did a great job and Zubach of, of leading us, both vocally and by play, and we was able to pull it off. But that was a very fun game, and that is like a championship final kind of four kind of kind of game. That's what it felt like.
0: It's cool that you said that it felt like a fun game, and it felt uh, even for you because it felt like that for for the the viewers. At least it did for me. Um, we have the draw now for the playoffs, and you're in Group I with Hapolo, Annette, Credit, Halone, Pinar Kashiaka, and uh, Happy Casa. Brindisi. Obviously, there's the the Turkish showdown, which you know interests a lot of fans. You know that you can automatically look at right away. But let's start with that one, since since you guys actually lost both games to Takashiaka so far. Um, what do you think about having a team that you know already in the group?
1: Um, I think it's pretty good. Um, I like the fact that they have our number right now. Um, they're, they're they're a good team, um, but we are definitely capable of beating them. It's all about like strategy, I think, when it comes to that team. But I uh, I was actually very happy when I seen that they were in our group. Easy travel, number one, and they beat us twice and uh, we can't we can't allow that, you know. So now
0: it's, now it's time to go get two victories against them.
1: them right, no for sure.
0: Um, you mentioned uh, they 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 won at your place by ten points. That was way back in mid October, and then right at the end of uh, January, um, they won by nineteen at home. Maybe you know you've talked a couple times about you know sort of you know kind of finding your guys' identity with changes and all that. But maybe how do you remember those games, and and, and maybe more importantly, development of your team since those games?
1: Um, the first time we played them, um. I want to say that was maybe my second game here at Topaz. Um We weren't a team that was together. Um, a lot of things changed since then, and we have a lot of new pieces. Um, and I just feel like the two times that we did play them, they just played more physical than we did. Um, I feel like if we were to play with more physicality and, and would make the extra effort plays, like, we can beat them um, without a problem. Um, so definitely in these um, Champions League games when we do play them, things will be different for sure.
0: And then you have Halone who have their you know wide open uh, system and then you have just a really solid uh, Brindisi team. Obviously there's the question mark whether or not D'Angelo DeLange- uh, Harrison is going to be able to, to play. Uh, but maybe just what do you think about the rest of the group then?
1: I haven't watched many of the games. I've seen like, some highlights from both teams. Um, I think that our chances are, are high um, as long as we stick to what we know. I know they're both pretty good teams. Uh, I know how long they do play like kind of just free, um, which can sometimes be good and bad. Um, I want to say that as long as we stick to what we know and what we built over here at Topaz, um, I think we have a really great chance of
0: getting getting
1: those wins as well.
0: And uh, before we go into your background, I wanted to ask about actually the beginning of your season. Um, you you played with Buckingham, um and uh, in the Basketball Champions League qualifiers, and helped them get to the regular season. Uh, we'll go a little bit more into your time with Buckton, but what did it mean for you? Um, to help them get uh, get to the regular season, after you were part of their their, their first season in this competition,
1: it meant a lot for me. Um, just even going there before playing the games, just being able to go back and see some old faces. Um, they treated me very well when I was there, and I always felt like I was home when I would be there in Denmark. So that was great. Um, qualifying was. Definitely great, but I kind of had different things on the table after qualification, which led me to come into Top So we both understood my decision um, from there, but it was good seeing them. They had a pretty good team, too, as well, and I watched actually every game of theirs. It sucks that they didn't make make it in, but from starting down 0-3 and fighting back and getting those last three wins, that was big for them.
0: I mean, you know, they showed that, uh, you know, they're, they came in as, as an underdog and that was a tough group, um, with, uh, with Tenerife, uh, Sasari and, and Galatasaray. And as you mentioned, they won all three games and, you know, big victories, you know, exciting players, Peterson, uh, Stevens. How, how much fun was it for you kind of watching it as well? Knowing that you, you know, you kind of, uh, were at least part of it, uh, at least getting them there.
1: Uh, it was definitely fun watching it, uh, especially with all the highlights. I know, I know, like you know, I like I like that uh, all the dunking and Showtime plays and Howie Oops and all of that. Like they they're into that a lot. They got some freak athletes over there, so it was always good watching them play. Um, and just you know, me being able to help them get there was also uh, makes
0: me makes me proud, makes me happy. So you were born in Orlando, if I'm not mistaken yeah um yeah we, we we like to um we like to ask um, our our interview guests you know what basketball was like where they where they grew up I mean obviously everybody knows the Orlando magic uh maybe just talk about the basketball scene for you growing up and you know maybe also in in that regard maybe how much just address maybe how much the the magic uh meant for let's say, the youngsters growing up uh, around the basketball scene?
1: Okay, so um, I started playing around six six or seven years old, and the Orlando Magic has um, basketball teams, like little junior teams, which is called Junior Magic. So I started off playing Junior Magic, and they would bring the NBA guys, um, and you will be able to see them as kids. I mean, back then I didn't know too much about the NBA players like that, but just, that's when I started. And as, as I grew older and started to see it on TV and start to be around certain um, guys, certain players, and seeing rankings from players in high school and stuff like that, like I kind of just gravitated towards basketball rather than any other sport because I used to do karate. I played soccer, uh, ran track, so I gravitated more to basketball because it seemed more like a popular thing to me as a child. And I don't know, I just kind of fell in love with it um, at an early age.
0: And who were some of your basketball role models then growing up in the sport?
1: Growing up in the sport, it was Um, (laughs) T-Mac. I really liked T-Mac when I was growing up. I didn't know too much about Jordan. I mean, of course, I knew who he was, but something about Tracy and Grady and I actually met him at a young age. I have an uncle that's a pilot who lived right across the street from him. So that was, that was pretty cool too.
0: I I see there's a Trinidad uh, background. Maybe what's the history with that? And what would you say is your favorite part of, I don't know how you call it, Trinidadian? Is that how you would say, how to describe it? The Trinidad culture.
1: Okay, so I am Trinidadian. My dad was born in Trinidad. My grandparents and everybody's from Trinidad, but I was born in Orlando. Um, my favorite thing about the Trinidadian culture would have to be the food. Yeah.
0: So would would you West describe Westernian it as, as Cajun like or?
1: Yeah, it's kind of Cajun. So they eat like soups and rice and peas and curry chicken curry goat and stuff like that like it's it's very good for you <laughs> so I tell
0: you that. so from a from a cuisine standpoint you're actually now probably the closest to the trinidadian cuisine culture now in turkey no i mean Maybe a little bit in uh, in, in no, probably not really that much necessarily in, in Israel, but but Turkey at least maybe a little bit, no? I mean it's the closest, I mean not not in Denmark and not in France, but you know.
1: Yeah, I would say here is probably the closest for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um you started you started your college like really so many of the athletic talented guys in this league um over the over the course of this league there's been so many guys that have, that have started at juco uh you were at Eastern Oklahoma State College um maybe maybe um what because, like I said, you know, some of the some of the guys have you know have come from you know, not only small schools, but even before they went to uh, before they went to those schools, they went to a JUCO. Maybe what what does the what's the leading factor for somebody having the success f- going from a JUCO than to you know really being able to excel at a competition like this? Because we've seen it so many times. It's
1: kind of I kind of just have like an underdog mentality, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Um, just not being able to go Division One from the beginning. And, you know, where I was in, in my junior college was kind of tough for me. First time away from home. The person I was closest to, which was my grandma, ended up passing away that year. Just It was a lot for me, and I just find, found a way to dig deep and make my way out of that place. Um, and then picking Illinois State was – um i chose there because i only had 2 years to play division 1 basketball and i didn't want to end up going to a high major school and then things not work out the way that i wanted so i went i went somewhere where i knew the ball would be in my hand and had some success there and then went straight overseas but majority of the junior college guys that i know are playing at a professional level right now we all play hard um Whatever big names we run into, we, we give them all, um, and we do we do what we can to win games.
0: Yeah, don't take anything for granted, right?
1: For sure, you yeah. can't take anything for granted.
0: Um, you mentioned Illinois State, and you got to play two years with someone that BCL fans know and really loved uh, to to enjoy his game, and it's Paris Lee uh, who carried uh, Telnet Antwerp Giants uh, to to the Final Four. Um, in also going through the um, uh, through the qualifying stages as well. Uh, have any good uh, Paris Lee College stories that you can that you want to share with us?
1: Um, yeah, that's my guy right there. We used to be on top ten with him throwing me lobs. Um, we won some big time games. I remember when we beat Wichita when they were ranked um, top ten in the country and they stormed the court and we lift Lee up like through the crowd like had him in the air that was that was a good memory that we had and um, just all around Lee's a, a really good dude great player great teammate and a point guard that anybody would love to play for play with
0: yeah he's been definitely fun to watch also then at Bamberg a little bit less at Bamberg uh, just things didn't work out that as well there um, out of college you went to Bucking Bears uh, in Aarhus um, you know you're you're a kid growing up in Orlando, um, you went to uh you know, a junior college in Oklahoma, norm uh normal uh Illinois is, you know, not really big. Um when you saw that you're going to Denmark, uh what did you what were your thoughts and I
1: know it was a safe place, so I wasn't really tripping about that so mm-hmm. that made the decision kind of easier and then once getting there and then making me feel comfortable i kind of took advantage of all the perks that came with it and things turned out to be great
0: yeah i mean you guys had uh, it was a sensational run uh you know your first two you know you played there two seasons you won two championships uh, danish championships there uh you played in the champions in the basketball champions league and unfortunately only got one victory uh, but got the experience of playing there, and then uh, the 2017-18 season, you ended up reaching the FIBA Europe uh, FIBA Europe Cup uh, semis. You know, you were the fan's choice for the league MVP, best guard in the league. Um, maybe just in general, talk about um, how much fun that two-year run was.
1: Um, it was good for me. Um, the first year. Um... I don't think we built our team for Champions League, but we made the best of the the opportunity. Um and then the second year we built the team for Champions League and didn't make it. Didn't make it so when we got the FIBA Cup we kinda had an an advantage, I would say. I felt like um every night we we gave ourselves a chance to win and I continued to play well. So those two years were like really good for me.
0: For someone who has no, who really has no exposure to that, no connection to that organization, obviously we've seen, you know, what they've been able to accomplish, uh, you know, become a power in a small country like a small basketball country like Denmark, but then to, you know, knock off, you know, uh, you know, pretty good sized teams in in Spain, Turkey, um, and and Italy. What would you say? And, and and as someone who you know who's probably you know still pretty close and obviously was able you know uh, had the connection to the club this season, what would you say is the key to their success, Bucking Bears?
1: Um, I would I would say that they they treat they treat you good out there and make you want to do whatever is required. You know, as a professional, um, they treat everybody well super professional and and they don't give off like any bad vibes. You know, some people you hear about bad stories over here being overseas about not getting paid, no vehicles, all these little things, but they always seem to figure things out and be straightforward with you. So it's not like they're telling you one thing and, and and not falling through with it, you know? So it, they, they keep everybody happy over there, which makes it easier to play. So when I was there, all I did, all I had to do, was focus on basketball, and it made everything easy for
0: me. Yeah, for sure. Um, then you started the 2018-19 season with the Denver Nuggets. You know, they were one of the best stories in the NBA playoffs last season. Uh, you know, you got to play that season with uh, Jamal Murray, uh, Nikola Jokic. You know, obviously, you know those guys. Um, you know, uh, is is one of the one of the the most fun combos in in the league. Maybe maybe what was it like playing with them? Um,
1: it was great. Um, two of the best players I've ever seen live every day. Just the work that they put in and how effortless they make it look. Um two super cool guys, both on and off the court. Um easy going. And also Denver as an organization was similar to how Denmark was. Um, Very straightforward, and you won't really get confused a lot with what they're trying to do. So I think they make things easier for the players as well, and it's a lot of fun to play in systems like that.
0: Biggest thing you learned about your time in the NBA? I mean, it's pretty much every basketball player's dream to get there. You know, you played seven games there. Uh, What was the biggest thing you learned
1: Um, be ready. Um, you never know when your, when your number is going to get called. And, um, I would say you can't really have an ego. You can't, um, feel like you're entitled to anything, you know, you got to just be ready when your number is called perform. Well, at least that's how I felt in the situation that I was in and not take, take it for granted. Yeah. The opportunities.
0: One of the things that we do in this in the interview uh, is we ask uh, the BCL fans uh, if they for questions that, that they want to ask our 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 guests and uh, on Instagram, and so this question is from um, Williams Ra- William Rasmussen underscore private. What was the best thing about playing in Denmark?
1: There's so many. I would say winning. Just a winning culture. Um, we knew every night what we had to come in there and do. Um, and like I told you, they made us feel welcome. The fans were great. Um, everything about Denmark to me was great. I loved it there. And if I didn't, I would have never went back. So I appreciate them for everything.
0: Aquin Purcell, underscore fan. Do you think you can make it back to the NBA?
1: For sure. Period
0: answer uh he also asked if you can follow him um so we have kendrick three perry top five from your city
1: my top five from our city
0: this question comes from kendrick three perry so i think he's uh (laughs) That's my boy okay former 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 guest on this podcast uh was either last season or the season before one of the another one of the fun guys uh, that we've been able to watch.
1: One he was with Disney.
0: Yep, of course.
1: Um, top five Lamar City. I'm going. I don't know. Damn, he putting me on the
0: spot. Okay, let's just go some I of the top guys that you played against me, and enjoyed watching.
1: Me, of course he's definitely in there. Definitely one of the most consistent guys that's overseas and doing, doing his thing. Um, If he's talking in general, we might have to throw Austin Rivers in there. Um, I would say Antonio Blakey, which was in China last year. He's now, I want to say in the G league bubble and for my Fifth, I would have to go. Um, I don't know who I'm gonna put in there for the fifth right now.
0: I'll leave it open. I'll leave it open. Um, it's fine. If you come up with you, yeah, can, let's leave that you, you can throw that it in. You can throw it in later if you come up with it. Uh Saturn negative, whose game okay. style, whose game style do you like the most?
1: That's in the NBA.
0: In general, could also be someone here that you've seen, and
1: in general, I'm going. I'm going KD. I think he has the best style, swag. I think he. I think
0: he has the best
1: style to me.
0: Speaking of style, a lot of many basketball players like to. Express themselves in their shoes. Um, this isn't necessarily a shoe question. You can go and answer and see if you, and, and answer if you're a sneakerhead. But I uh, w- was wondering, um, what what do you think about the Superman looking diamond on your guys' jersey?
1: It's fire. <laughs> it's definitely fire. I think we have. And you got, got the
0: green too, to go. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm also a sneakerhead too. I have a shoe problem as yeah. well.
0: But so do you guys when when so as a sneakerhead, then when you have um when when you sign with a team, how how high up on the list is looking at the colors that the team has and thinking what shoes you already have and maybe what shoes you might want to get to to kind of put into your fashion game for that for that season?
1: I honestly don't even look into that because okay. I don't care if my shoes match the jersey or not. Okay. Some guys do.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and I usually when I fly overseas, I take two pair of shoes, and for some reason, I end up going home at like 30, 40 every time.
0: <laughs> any Any of your stops so far that you've that have been really good shoe countries or shoe cities?
1: Um, Denmark, I had a really good connect with a shoe store there, um, and then in, in Israel, I had a big time shoe plug there where I can get pretty much everything. They have one here in Turkey as well, but um, I kind of eased up on it because shoes aren't the best investment, you know, (laughs) Yeah. but I get them from time to time, certain ones.
0: Yeah. Um, One of the things that uh, people really enjoy about your game is, is your, is your spectacular dunking. Um, You know, Daryl Dawkins, uh, AKA chocolate thunders from Orlando, uh, was just wondering maybe if you had any favorite dunkers growing up, or whatever, you know, uh, anybody that you kind of tailored your dunking game after. I know you mentioned, uh, Tracy McGrady, obviously with his athleticism and all that, but, uh, who, who, who are some of their favorite dunkers, uh, growing up?
1: I would have to say T-Mac and Vance.
0: Yeah. Carter, of course.
1: Yeah. I think Vince is probably the best in-game dunker of all time, I would say.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's going to be many to uh many other guys that uh, jump jump over 7 furter, 7 footers. Um All right, so let's let's go back to the BCL. Obviously, uh we have the national team break going on right now. Uh how do you how does a team want to use that to um let's say refocus um, all of the attention now on the on the playoffs.
1: Um, we're kind of just gonna use this break basically to recharge. Um, we know what we what we're getting ourselves into, um, and it's playoffs. We got to bring it every night. We got to bring it. Um, I feel like this break is like perfect. We already been here for four or five months and kind of do need a break. So I think it's perfect for guys to get their legs under them. The guys that's going to play for their countries go do that, but come back, you know that we gotta put work in and continue to continue to keep building and finish out strong the way that we know we're capable of.
0: And to start the playoffs you have Pinar Kashiaka right there on the road. Um, you mentioned how you you know, you wanna kinda get back at them. Maybe how maybe your thoughts about starting the whole playoffs then with, with them.
1: Um, Of course, we're going to take it a game at a time, but we got them first, and either way it goes, the game has to get played. So going there first is, is good for us, and we just played them, so that loss is fresh, and we got to get the job done.
0: All right, let's finish off. Last question. Uh, answer this okay. question. Um, uh, Tofas Bursa will reach the final eight because?
1: Tofas-Bursa will reach the final late because we're the best team in Champions League.
0: All right, fantastic. That was Devon akon Purcell Tofas-Bursa, thanks, uh, D- Devon, for coming on, and and uh, good luck. Uh, uh, enjoy re- regenerating uh, the batteries a little bit, and uh, good luck in the in the playoffs.
1: Thank you, man. Appreciate it.
0: All right. Uh, yeah, just uh, such a exciting player um, and and it is interesting that that there's so many of these sort of JUCO guys, lower level um, players, that transfer them to bigger schools, you know Kevin Butler, uh, Kevin Punter, you know same same thing, um, you know really excel just kind of because they do sort of have that chip on their shoulder, you know, and not taking anything for granted, and and doing that much, uh, knowing they have to work that much harder. Um. So yeah, thanks to all of the all of the fans, the BCL fans who sent questions through uh, through Instagram. Uh, so that's the show this week. Again, like I said, uh, not really that much going on. So just uh, kind of get in and out. And uh, before I let you go, just if you want to follow us on Twitter, it'd be fantastic. For Twitter and Instagram. The handles are at Basketball CL. Please like us on Facebook. You, su- you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, check out the mobile app, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, you can read all of the great uh, stories, articles uh, on the Basketball uh, Champions League website, championsleague.basketball. Uh, you can contact... Uh, contact us and the en- email address is info at championsleague.basketball. And, of course, all of the games are live and on demand on livebasketball.tv. T- so without, uh, uh, with that uh, wrapped up, I uh, wish you all a pleasant week. And, of course, uh, there there will be another podcast next week. Uh, this weekend, obviously, is uh, is cup action so I imagine uh, we'll probably have a little bit of cup talk next week. Uh, have Igor Jerkovich back on, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the cups, and um, and then have the uh, FIBA window is next is next weekend. Uh, so uh, there's all that national team action to look forward to. So until next week, thanks a lot, and uh, be well.